You are listening to How Does She Do It, episode 120. Welcome to the ride. Thank you for joining me for another episode of How Does She Do It? My name is Tiffany and I am your host. And through this podcast and my coaching, I help you own your story, live fueled by faith, and elevate your impact in your career and in your calling. If this is your first time listening, welcome. If this is your third, fourth, fifth, sixth, or 120th time listening, welcome back. We are happy to have you. The show notes for this week's episode will be available at HowDoesSheDoItPodcast.com. And if you want to join the email community, then you can text How Does She Do It as one word to 444-999. Again, text How Does She Do It as one word to 444-999. If you want to connect with me on social, you can go to Instagram or Twitter, and I am at Tiff South, and that's Tiff with two Fs. Or you can go to how does underscore she do it. And you can also take a screenshot if you're if you are on IG or on Twitter. Well, it's not it's gonna be less effective on Twitter, but if you are listening and you have Instagram, take a screenshot and post it to your story, tag me, and I will do my best to re-tag you before the 24-hour story expires. And with that, now let's get into this week's just my thoughts. Just My Thoughts is the segment of the show where I share my reviews, recommendations, or rejections. And this week, I am recommending that you review your routine. Now, this is going to be important and relevant for the next several episodes of the podcast because we are starting to lay the foundation for reviewing 2019 and reflecting on where we've been, what we've done, what we expected to happen, what we wanted to happen, and laying the groundwork for our goals for next year. And so in order to properly prepare for what you want to do going forward, you have to review and be aware of what's happening right now. So review your routine. For the last several days, I have been in a very intentional examination of the way I use my time. I go in and out of these phases multiple times a year because there are seasons where I'm really productive and seasons where I'm not. And I am in the process of trying to maximize every moment of my day for a very, for sort of like a sprint in, in thinking about the last few weeks of this year. And so I have been adjusting my sleep time. I've been adjusting my, the time I wake up. I've been trying to play with when I'm most productive and just really trying to examine examine how I move through my day and where there are pockets and opportunities for improvement. So I am recommending that you review your routine so that you can make adjustments and maximize your the foundation that you have to make the most out of your day and your time. Because when you make the most out of your day, you are able to make the most out of your week. When you make the most out of your week, you can make the most out of your month, your quarter, and then eventually your year. And over time, you will see different fruit. So review your routine. And that concludes this week's Just My Thoughts. (music) 
If you are ready to plot and plan your next career move, you should join me on Saturday, November 23rd for the Qualified and Confident Workshop. If you go to bit.ly slash FCQC workshop, again, bit.ly slash FCQC workshop, you will be able to register for the workshop. But here are a few things that we're going to do. We are going to work through practical and tangible activities to help you get clear about your career goals. We're going to help you refresh your confidence with practical, real evidence from your skills, your strength, and your experience. We're going to help you refresh and remix your resume so that you can apply your transferable skills to new opportunities. We're going to help you identify the right opportunities. And we're going to work on your strategy for pursuing the right opportunities for you. A lot of times people apply to a bunch of jobs, but they are not doing so in a strategic way and they have not positioned themselves for those opportunities. So if you're interested in this virtual workshop, join us Saturday, November 23rd, go to bit.ly slash FCQC workshop and register. And I look forward to seeing you there. Now, let's get on to this episode. I'm going to start with a question. Are you making excuses or are you moving in expectation? Are you making excuses or are you moving in expectation? That is a question that I am beginning to ask myself more and more as I move through and pay attention, like I mentioned earlier in the episode, that I am in a season of review and examination and trying to make sure that I am removing obstacles. One of the things that I've been reading, I've been reading this book on and off for the last several months. It's Atomic Habits by James Clear. And if you haven't picked up that book, please make sure you do. One of the things that James Clear talks about is it's like an underlying principle in what he, in his conversation about habits, is that you have to make things easier. One way to make things easier is to remove barriers. And in terms of making progress, in terms of pursuing goals, in terms of fulfilling purpose, in terms of responding to callings and completing assignments, you can either add barriers or you can break them down. And our mindset can be, can go in both directions. Our mindset can create barriers or it can help us tear them down. It can help us navigate very real realities or it can create obstacles in, in places where we are, would actually be able to move through. And in, in thinking about expectations or excuses, I was brought to... Exodus 3 and 4. Exodus 3 and 4 is when Moses first encounters God in the burning bush. And in I was reviewing, I've read it before, but I wanted to read it in, I read it on my Bible app on my phone so that I could actively highlight the conversation between God and Moses. And so between Exodus 3 and 4, this is a, a pretty dope dialogue between God and Moses going back and forth. And what, what we see, the first thing that happens, Moses sees the bush and he says, I will turn to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. And once God saw that he was responsive to the sign he put forth for him, that is when God began to speak to him. He says, Moses, Moses, and Moses answered. So there are times where you might get called and 
you may or may not respond. You hear something, you feel something, you fear, feel an inclination, and are you responding to that call? Are you responding to that inclination? But that's a different conversation for another day. And so God identifies himself. He says who he is. He tells Moses to take off his shoes. And God then begins to make observations about what's happening in Egypt. And he goes through, he says, I see the affliction of my people. And at verse 10, he says, come, I will send you that you may bring my people, the children of Israel out of Egypt. Moses responds to God. It says, verse 11, but Moses says to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? God responds, but I will be with you. And this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. And Moses then responds again. If I come to the people of Israel and they say to me, the God of your fathers have sent you to me. And they ask me, what is, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And then God responds to Moses. God says, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. And then God goes on to continue to tell from, this is starting at verse 14, all the way down through verse 22. God is giving Moses instruction and evidence and data really about who he is, about what he will do and about how he will provide and protect for Moses and for the people of Israel. So I want to, to go back a little bit and first acknowledge God spoke to Moses. He met him where he was. Moses responded and immediately he responds with two excuses, questions, excuses. We can call them one, one or the other, but his, his immediate response is not obedience. His immediate response is skepticism and is ready to, you know, what am, what am I getting myself into? All right, cool. And God's like, makes okay, cool. I will respond to you. But then when you go to verse, when you go to chapter four, Moses, chapter four starts with Moses answered, but behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice for they will say the Lord did not appear to you. So after God did all of the talking between verse 14 and 22 to tell Moses what is going to happen, Moses' response, his excuse is that they will not believe me or listen to me because they will say. So he is projecting into the future what will happen even though I am just told him what is going to happen. How often do you think about the vision that you have been given or the thing that has been promised to you, or the goal that you have, and then project into the future and say, nah, here's what's going to happen. Here's what's actually going to happen. And then you undercut and undermine what has been given, the promise that has been given to you, the vision that has been given to you, the goal that you have set. You project forward what has not come to pass and what actually counters evidence that you already have and information that you already have that the projected negative future that you have put forth is not evidence. There's no evidence that that will come true. How often do you do that? So let's go back to Moses. Okay. So then, so Moses says again, verse chapter four, verse one, but behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice for they will say the Lord did not appear to me. Then the Lord says to him, what is that in your hand? Moses says a staff. So this is where God is like, all right, let me 
give you something tangible. Let me show you something real. So that's something that you can see right now in this moment to give you, give you Moses documentation and proof of who I am, who I am and what I'm telling you to do and how to believe my words. And I actually, just as I'm reading that, I'm thinking about that. What God did for Moses in this moment was instead of having Moses rely on God's word about what would happen in the future, he gave him evidence in the present moment that he, to show him that he could rely on God's word by showing him that he could turn this staff in his hand into a snake and then back into a staff again. Have you ever had a situation where you were doubting God for something that would, that you couldn't see going forward and then he gave you evidence and shifted something in your present to remind you of who he was. I know I've seen that happen in my life and it can sometimes be so, it can seem so random, but then when you reflect on the prayer or the doubt or the struggle that you were having, you can see that God is trying to show you, Hey, I'm here. I am who I say I am. Believe me when I tell you I'm going to provide you, that I'm not going to leave you and forsake you, that I am your refuge and your fortress, that I am your strength, that you can do all things because Christ is within you, right? There are things that we do that that will can block us from believing that that is true and God's like, all right, let me give her a little something to show. Now, remember, we're talking about excuses or expectation. So... God goes on in chapter four to give Moses tangible examples, the hand inside of the cloak that goes from being leprous, which may not be a word, to becoming healed again, turning the staff into a snake and turning it back to a staff again. And after this, then he also tells him, he says in verse seven, rather verse eight, if the people don't believe you after you've done those things, then I want you to take some water from the Nile, pour it on the ground, and it will turn to blood. And that will be another sign in case the people still don't believe you. Moses' first response to all of that between verse 3 all the way down to verse 10, Moses then says to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. So immediately after God has been patient with him, given him evidence, Moses then responds with yet another excuse. How often in the face of evidence do you then respond with excuses? How often in the face of a direction forward do you respond in fear and with excuses? God, again, says to Moses, well, who made man's mouth? Is it not I, the Lord? Now, therefore, go, now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth, and I will teach you what you shall speak. Verse 13. Then Moses now responds with rejection of what God has asked him to do. Oh, my Lord. Oh, please send someone else. Now God is angry. Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? So this is, I think this is so powerful. 
even though the anger of the Lord was kindled by Moses in his, in the way he was responding to God's instruction, he still got offered him support in that moment because his purpose for Moses was going to be fulfilled. Why? Because it was God's will. And I want you to think about what happens when you are responding in fear with excuses to what has what God has for you. In this particular instance, we see that God has repurposed what he wanted Moses to do and allowed Moses to have a support in, in his brother Aaron. But Moses was still the mouthpiece because God spoke to Moses. It goes on in the, in the chapter to say, I, God will speak to Moses and Moses will speak to Aaron and then Aaron will speak to the people. So it's still Moses who God is speaking through, but he has given him support so that he can execute because he is, he keeps making these excuses about his, his ability to not speak eloquently and things like that. And in thinking about that story for our own lives and thinking about what you have to be able to do in this season of preparing for and reviewing your 2019, thinking about what you wanted to happen, thinking about what you have done, thinking about where you want to go, you have to be mindful of the excuses that you make and the way that you prevent yourself from moving in expectation as a result of those excuses. We have a responsibility as believers to operate in faith. And we really have, it's a responsibility and it's an opportunity. But what we sometimes do is take our real circumstances and build them up to be bigger giants than they actually are. Remember when Caleb and, um, I don't know if it was Joshua, let me not lie, but someone was going to observe the land that God had given to the Israelites. And some people saw giants and saw themselves as grasshoppers. Sometimes we take our reality and create giants where there are actually grasshoppers because of our own fear, because of what we have placed as views on our own abilities. So I want to ask you, are you responding to your goals, to your vision, to your purpose with limitations and liabilities or the let me's as I call them? I thought about, I came up with that this morning. Are you talking about let me see, let me wait, let me try, let me hold off, let me ask, let me do this, let me do that? Or are you moving in expectation according to God's promises, powers, and provisions? So are you moving in limits and liabilities or are you moving in God's promises, power, and provision? Because you can do both, but only one will get you to, to the promised land because what God is not, he is not a magician. He has providence and power and can do all things. But when there are things that he needs us to do, when there are things that he needs you to do, sometimes it's a matter of him waiting for you to get where you're supposed to be. 
And, but we will blame him for not responding to our prayer or not giving us the resources, so to speak, that we need. When in reality, it is sometimes the our own limitations on what we see in front of us or our own limiting beliefs and and perspective that we place on the experience that we have or what we perceive as a lack of experience or what we see as as lack of opportunity or lack of access instead of seeing resourcefulness instead of trying to operate in expectation we will make excuses and our excuses keep us comfortable let's be real about that your excuses will keep you comfortable your excuses will keep you in the status quo and they will keep you in safety even though you tell yourself you don't want to be where you are even though you tell yourself that you are oh i'm just trying to make it oh you know what i really want to do this thing Yet you are allowing yourself to stay, stay stuck. You are allowing yourself to stay complacent because you are thinking about your limitations. You're thinking about your stutter. You're thinking about the fact that people are not going to listen to you. You're worried about how they're going to respond when you tell them that this is the thing that's been purposed to you. So maybe it's not your responsibility to tell people that this is, this is what God has called you to do. Maybe it's not your responsibility to tell someone else that this is the goal that you have. Maybe it's just your responsibility to execute in it. Maybe it's just your responsibility to show up and do in faith as opposed to try and figure out things that you're not meant to figure out. So as you think about what you have been called to, as you think about your current assignment, as you think about your current season, as you think about and reflect on where you have been this year, you have to be intentional about how you are observing your experience. Are you ex observing your experience, both past and present, through a lens of excuses or through a lens of expectation? And even in looking at the past, because expectation can imply that you're looking forward. But even as you review your past, it is my belief that no experience, ex experience rather, is wasted. And that's actually not just my belief. That is biblical, that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and who are called according to his purpose. That is not a prosperity principle, but that is a an indication that there is value in all things. There are verses that talk about how we count it all joy when we fall into various trials because the testing of our, because trials test your faith and the testing of your faith produce perseverance, right? So taking that same concept, as we look back on the year that we've had, look back with expectation, look back to see lessons and to see opportunity for growth forward. Instead of looking to confirm what excuses you may have put forth, instead of looking to confirm where you didn't have or you didn't get or you should have been or you got overlooked, look for opportunities. And this is not to imply or to suggest that you disregard reality. I'm not talking about operating in false reality. I'm talking about a shift in perspective, thinking so as a, of a simple, simple analogy, glass half full or glass half empty. The amount of water in the glass is still the same. How do you look at that glass though? The, the, 
the real situation is still the same, but what are you looking to take away from it? Are you looking to take away the value from it? Or are you looking to take away venom to apply to, to things going forward? Are you looking for, for bitterness or looking for an opportunity to confirm negative emotions? Or are you looking for something that you can take and apply in a positive way to say, you know what, this is real, but I can, see value here because now I'm going to be able to do or learn X, Y, and Z. Those are choices. We have the opportunity to choose excuses or expectation. That is not forced upon us. And at the top of the episode, I talked about the importance of mindset. As we look at what we want going forward, we have to examine and be careful to challenge the negative mindset that we may come at what we have or have not done this year, what we have or have not seen come to pass in what we have gone through in 2019. Because again, the goal of these next episodes will be to set us up to move into 2020 with momentum. But you cannot do that if you are not willing to look for the value in even the most challenging of realities that you've faced. And that is not easy. I say all of this to say, this is not easy, but this is not an effort that you have to do alone, right? If you have an opportunity, I want you to revisit Psalm 46. This is a verse, a chapter. It's, a, it's I think it's only 11 verses. And it is something, it has become a verse that, or a chapter rather, that I am remembering as an anchoring point to refresh and remember who God is in my life, particularly in seasons where I am doubtful or I am feeling overly negative. And when I say seasons, I could mean like a, like a period of three or four days because sometimes it happens. Seasons can be short too. Okay. So I'm just going to read verse one. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its water, waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Selah. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the most high. God is in the midst of her. He, sh she shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Obviously, I went on to read more than one verse. That is the whole Psalm 46. And what is so powerful about this Psalm is that it demonstrates God's ability to have victory over everything, burning chariots, mountains getting thrown into the sea, and then also calming in the midst of storms, helping her when morning's dawn, right? There are, there's so much beauty in here. There's so much protection. He is our refuge and strength and a very present help in trouble. That promise is true for you. And as we go through, even in this reflection period, partner with God in that. Do not leave him outside of this. This is not something that is just to be done alongside a program. So for example, 
the best year ever program with Michael Hyatt. That is something that I've is have become is has become rather an annual tradition for me. Reading his book, Your Best Year Ever. Right there are there are things and tools that we can do to facilitate the reflection process. But it is absolutely a spiritual partnership and conversation with Christ, and you have access to the the best resource in the world in terms of how to be refreshed in what his promises are to you. So I want you to ask, am I making excuses or am I moving in expectation? Am I making excuses or am I moving in expectation? Are you making excuses? Are you moving in expectation? Are you catching yourself when you are in the midst of a negative thought spirals? And are you trying to do things to get yourself out of it? Because I am not saying you should never have negative thoughts, but how are you responding to them? How are you countering them? Are you getting help? Are you making use of resources? Are you getting outside of your own head? Are you asking people to pray for you? Literally this week, I had to call a friend of mine and say, listen, I need you to pray for me in this particular area because I felt myself in a disconnection with God because I had let my routine slip. I let my quiet time with him get filled with things that were not Bible study or not devotion or not just quiet reflection. And I then in in moments outside of my home, I could feel negativity. I felt myself getting more anxious. I felt myself feeling more doubtful. But the w- the reason why I was not, I did not allow that season to last was because I was paying attention and I caught myself and I recognized, I was like, why am I having all of, why do I feel this negative energy? And I decided to stop I decided to stop making excuses, being busy, feeling sick, being tired, wanting to listen to this thing, wanting to watch that thing. And I started to move in expectation that I could see a different result, that I could feel differently, that I could move differently and show up differently, even though the actual realities have not changed. I still have the same job. I still have to wake up at the same time. I still have to do my laundry. I still have to go grocery shopping. I still have to cook. I still have to you know, run my business. I still have to respond to emails. I still have to do all of those things, but my perspective is different because I'm actively trying to move in his power, use his provision and to remember his promises as opposed to think about my limitations and liabilities. You too can do the same thing. And if you want to set yourself up for a fruitful season of reflection, plotting, and planning for 2020, this is how you begin to do it. You ask yourself, are you moving in expectation or are you making excuses? Excuses are tools of incompetence that build monuments of nothingness. If you know, you know. And... I want to thank you for listening to episode 120 of How Does She Do It? I appreciate you. I want to hit you with a few reminders. Connect with me on social. Screenshot if you are listening to the episode and tag me. I am at Tiff South. That's Tiff with two Fs. If you are ready to plot and plan your next career move, then you should join me on Saturday, November 23rd. Go to bit.ly slash FCQC workshop. F as in four 
C as in corners, Q as in qualified, C as in confident workshop, tell a friend to tell a friend. You can also find it in the show notes of this week's episode. I look forward to seeing you there. Stop making excuses. Start moving in expectation. Capture yourself thinking negatively in a moment and shift your reality, shift your perspective. We have so much power in the body of Christ because it is not on our own strength, not by might, not by power, but by your spirit. That's Zechariah 4, 6. We have access to the power and resources of heaven. And if you listen to Marshawn Evans Daniels, actually, this is another recommendation. Check out Patrice Washington's podcast. It is called Redefining Wealth. If you do not already listen, I highly recommend it. But she shared a conversation that she had with Marshawn Evans Daniels, and it just really checks a lot of the things that we have taught, that we have been taught as people, if you grew up in the church and you grew up believing kind of pulpit principles, so to speak, about the way we move or do not move inside the body of Christ. And when you listen to that conversation, it will challenge you. It will challenge you to rethink the way that we are positioned as daughters of our, the most high God. And it is a, it's powerful. And that is the type of philosophy that type of not prosperity in terms of dollars and cents, but just a, 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 a prosperity of, of power, of perspective that comes from being joint heirs with Christ. Like we have so much and we have so much within us by virtue of access and connection to God's Holy Spirit through the life, death, and resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ. We allow limiting beliefs to limit a limitless God. Stop allowing your limiting beliefs to limit a limitless God. I should have said that 15 minutes ago. If you're still listening to this episode, I'm glad that you got that gem. And until next time, be blessed and be a blessing. Mm -hmm.